This is the Adam Crowley Show. To pick against the Steelers is a sin. It's a sin that's written in the Bible. Stop the other On ESPN Pittsburgh <laughs> and the iHeartRadio app. We are live at Radio Row, baby. Crowley Show Radio Row. Everyone else? Well, there at the Mall of America in Minneapolis. Is that not the most American thing you've ever heard? The largest mall in the world, although I think it's like third now, hosting the event for the biggest football game in the world. Here's my unsponsored Twitter poll of the day. Find it. On Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. What's the best mall food court grub? Sabaro, Panda Express, Cinnabon, Annie Ann's. Annie Ann's in the early lead, 36% of the vote. You have found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. As I mentioned, you can follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. So much to get to today. As always, one thing we won't be getting to, my belly button getting pierced. That's not my fault. That's Brian's fault. Brian's not here right now. He's at the neurologist. We are going to issue him a demerit. Brian, you had to set up the piercing. You didn't. Although I suppose I shouldn't complain. The piercing will take place on Wednesday at 6 p.m., so that's still happening this week. And the deadline was last Friday. My abs were not visible. Therefore, if by some miracle over the next two days I wound up getting abs, it wouldn't matter anyhow. So I will be getting my belly button pierced. Everyone can watch on Facebook Live. Everyone can listen on ESPN Pittsburgh, ESPNPGH.com on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Super Bowl week started off with a bang. Love it, baby. Tom Brady all pissed because some dude called his kid a piss ant. On Facebook, apparently, there's a new series, Tom versus Time. Joe watched the second episode. He actually said it's pretty good. Well, when commenting on the first episode of Tom versus Time, some dweeb, Alex Reimer from WEEI in Boston, had this to say about Brady's kid. timing of it, and I'm looking forward to episode two. It was Patriots porn. Yeah. I did not use that phrase. I know. You did. I was hoping you would, though. So I could mock you for it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't do it. Uh, what'd you think? It was fine. Jesus. <laughs> it was okay. Uh, Just fine? Come on. All right, I thought the first scene was so staged, where Brady's, like, in the kitchen. His kid's being an annoying little pissant. Like... That's it. That's all that was said. It's not the most offensive thing in the world. If I had a kid and somebody called them a pissant, I'd probably be pissed. But now we got Tom Brady wielding his power. Tom Brady saying to EEI this morning, yo, I ain't coming back. Stacey had told me that someone had made a comment about my daughter or something yes, like that. Yes, yeah. You, um, Tom, we were just talking about it. It was Alex Reamer and you are, you can, uh, we, Jerry and I talked about it Friday. It was stupid thing to say we destroyed him for saying it you we can say whatever you like go ahead well i think that i've tried to come on this show for many years with and showed you guys a lot of respect i've always tried to come on and 
you know, do a good job for you guys. So, you know, it's very disappointing when you hear that, certainly with my daughter or any child. You know, they certainly don't deserve that. So, oh no, no, Tom, no, no, no question. Yeah, As I said, so Jerry, Jerry, and I yeah. talked about it on Friday. Stupid thing to say. He was suspended for it. He should be. There are certain things I think you understand. As a professional athlete, you're going to be criticized for what you do or on or off the field as an individual. But for a kid to be criticized is is unbelievably stupid. There's there's no defense for it. Yeah. So I'll obviously evaluate whether I want to come on this show again. So I, I really don't have much to say this morning. That's fine. Um, I understand. So That's totally fine. I will. Uh, maybe I'll speak with you guys uh, some other time. Absolutely fine. We understand. All right, Tom. Thanks. You too. Please, Tom, don't go. Don't leave me, Tom. No. That was the best part of the whole thing, was the two Boston broadcasters on EEI bending over backwards to make sure that Tom knows, it wasn't us that said it, Tom. It wasn't us. Imagine if this happened on the station across the street. Imagine if you had, I don't know, Chris Muller or Paul Zeiss or one of those guys call Ben Roethlisberger's kid a pissant. And then Ben comes on and tells Ron Cook, I'm not coming back. Ron would have an aneurysm. He'd explode. He'd get on his knees and and beg, of, of course. That's the funniest part to me, is the Boston peeps trying to make sure Tom knows it wasn't them. It wasn't us. It was Alex. Alex said it, not me. Alex Reimer. He was suspended. We crushed him for it. Guys. You sound like a couple of groveling ingrates. What a couple of losers. And really, it's three losers whenever you throw Alex Reimer onto the situation, too. He should never have called Brady's kid a pissant. And now, apparently, according to where, uh, Merriam-Webster, pissant had a sudden urge in lookups, a surge in lookups, rising 115,000% on January 29th. So people didn't even know what it meant. Now they do, and everyone's pissed off at this Alex Reimer guy for calling out Tom Brady's kid. I love that he got the WEEI guys on their knees. And I also think it's interesting that Brady's flexing his exceptional power in this situation. It's the week of the Super Bowl, and he tells EEI that maybe he won't come on again. I love it. But then there's a lot of people out there who make this even worse. Guys like Booger McFarlane and Dan Dakich, who are tweeting out that going after kids is out of bounds. Oh, baby, that's a hot take. No crap. That's the problem here, you idiots. Brady sounded hurt that the radio station would bring his daughter into it. Brady sounded upset. Brady sounded like he's given that station so much, and now they didn't have his back in turn. I don't think that that's fireable, calling a kid a pissant. Suspendable? Fine. You don't want to lose a great asset to your radio station in Tom Brady. But because this is Super Bowl week, because this is... Day number one, we're getting a lot of people who are blowing this thing out of proportion. We just got a call off the air. Joe's shaking his head. What happened, Joe? He asked how old you were, and I answered, and he said, God, is he immature? Yeah. I don't know what I've said in the first segment that makes me immature, though. Plenty of things in the past. Maybe it was pissant. Not my quote. 
Call back and talk on the air, tough guy. 412-922-2874. How old are you? I love the immature thing, right? Clearly we're immature. That's part of the charm. That's why we're up 300% in the ratings. But I'd love to know what that guy thought was so immature about what we had to say in the first half of the first segment. Please, tell me what was immature about the first half of the first segment. 412-922-2874. Maybe it's because I did a cheese tease on the toilet today. At underscore Adam Crowley on Twitter if you want to see that video. And I know you do. Sarah Sivian, formerly of DKPittsburghSports.com, she, along with others, tweeted out that this Brady stuff is the problem with talk radio these days. That it's shock jock radio and hot take radio. Just shut up. Why do we always have to look for an angle on all this stuff? Why do we have to make this a bigger deal than what it is? It's not about hot takes. It's not about shock jock. It's about being a freaking idiot, which is what Alex Reimer was. A freaking idiot for talking about Brady's kid and calling Brady's kid a pissant. That's weak. That's dumb. That's immature. Me, on the other hand, I graduated West Virginia University in five years. I'm smart. I'm hip to the game. And I'm sexy, baby. 412-922-2874. I mentioned this before. I feel like I might want to double down on it now. Radio Row being in the Mall of America is the most American thing ever. It's the biggest football game of all time. It's consumerism meets capitalism meets we have to have our faces seen, right? Everybody who's everybody is at Radio Row, much like we are. And that's only because you have to be. Because if you're not, you're not keeping up with the Joneses, which is... As American as it gets. You just got to look back to the Cold War. A lot of people are freaking out about WWE, including a couple of people across the street. I know it was the Royal Rumble last night. I watched zero of the Royal Rumble. It's not my thing. As I mentioned, I'm an intelligent human being. I joke. I kid. Not about being intelligent, but making fun of the people who do watch. Because that's what they're doing across the street. That's what I saw a lot of on Twitter last night. You're an idiot if you watch the WWE. You're a moron. I know what kind of demographic it is that watches that stuff. It's fake. So what if it's fake? So are movies. So is TV. Look at it as performance art. I don't got a problem with anybody who watches WWE. I don't got a problem with the way that anybody gets their rocks off. I don't got a problem with the way that anybody entertains themselves. And neither should you. And... I got a lot of friends who watch WWE who are smart people who just like the product. So what? How is it different than a soap opera? No one's pretending it's real. How is it different than Breaking Bad? It's not. No one's pretending that it's real. It makes a lot of money. It's entertaining. People like it for those reasons, much like anything else that entertains them. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette going to join us in eight minutes here on the show to discuss the Penguins and what they're going to do after the All-Star break. Did not watch any of that either. Why would I? Why would I watch that? Why would I watch the Pro Bowl? Jason Mackey was there, however, and he'll tell us everything about it. You see that the Indians 
getting rid of Chief Wahoo in 2019, at least as it's concerned. That's not how I wanted to start that sentence. At least concerning on the field. On the field, there will be no patch. It will not be on the hats. Chief Wahoo will be nowhere. Now, the merchandise will still be sold in Ohio, but it's not going to be the official logo of the Cleveland Indians any longer. And what's great about this is it just tells me who I do and don't want to hang out with anymore. Everyone who's like, oh, it's just a logo, eat me. And everyone who's like, hey, it's probably time for this racist thing to go, high five. You don't have to be offended by it. But you don't get to tell other people that they don't get to be offended by it either. It's red face. It's a like in the black face. It's not cool. It's a caricature of what back then they thought an Indian was. It ain't right. It doesn't offend me. I'm not Native American. But if it offends someone else, see you later. Get rid of it. And that's what's happening. The best part, though is when you've got people calling all the people who are offended snowflakes. Meanwhile, they're offended that other people are offended. And these are the same people who get upset when people say happy holidays. And, oh my god, my Starbucks cup is now red! What am I gonna do? It's a war on Christmas! You can eat me too! Oh my god! To be offended at someone being offended is worse to me than just being offended in the first place. What say you? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. No, Yarmir Yager is not going to be a Pittsburgh Penguin. We'll discuss that and more with Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette coming up next. It's the Crowley Show. It's very easy to get from the airport, a lot of hotels, all that stuff. So, yeah, the town did a great job putting it on. It was a lot of fun being around there, a lot of buzz around the building. I know I stayed at the media hotel, and the entire time there's just people swarming the lobby with all-star stuff and either looking for autographs or photos or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, they did a nice job. It was tangible how excited people were. Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Jason, you put it up on your Twitter account that Latang said, we're going to practice tomorrow. Don't think we're going to take a day off. We want to get right back with the team and keep going. I think we had something good going on. We want to keep it going. Is that the sense you get from Crosby, too? Are they Were they really kind of chomping at the bit to get this second half rolling uh, with the way that they've been playing so far? They are. That's it. Uh, Latang, it was actually in the same at media day. Um, he said something, you know, the, the boys are back or something about, you know, them being back and just being excited about all this. And that's exactly what it is. Um, they know they're playing good hockey. They know that they've gotten back to the way they like to play. And I thought it was interesting, too, one of the things Latang admitted uh, during his media interview. He didn't know whether fatigue or motivation was an issue. And I think he sort of hinted that both have been issues. Um, and, you know, I don't blame the Penguins. They played a lot of hockey, and it's hard to get up for October, November, December, even January games. But we're past that. They look really good. They look aggressive. They, you know, with Reeves out of the lineup, they've had a much more um, productive fourth line, and I think they've definitely found something here. Is there a sense of relief, do you think, maybe, Jason, that they kind of have their backs against the wall and need to play well? Almost like they don't have to create motivation. There's actual motivation now. You know, I, I don't know if relief is the right word, but I know what you're getting at. Um, maybe like encouragement that they know that, you know, they still have it. They know they can do this. 
Uh, maybe that's a scary thing, too. Like, if they do make a run here, and, you know, good luck to Mike Sullivan trying to get them to care about anything next year if they know <laughs> that they can just sort of just stumble their way through the beginning of the season. But, um, you know, relief is one way, but I also look at it and I think about guys like, you know, Carl Hagelin, almost like a rejuvenation, use another R word, and, um, you know, some some reinforcement, I guess, that somebody can come in and play really well with Sidney Crosby like Dominic Simone. So, I don't know, there's a couple offshoots of that, but I definitely think there there is some truth to what you're saying. Jason Mackey joining me here on the Crowley Show. Who do you think starts in Goldemar? I think it's got to be Murray. Um, I think they will start Murray. I think they should start Murray. Um, you know, if Casey DeSmith would have thrown up a shutout or, or allowed one goal, uh, you know, maybe he stays in. But this is Matt Murray's game. I, I think Mike Sullivan, he was asked about that. I think it was the last home game. Um, sort of went out of his way to say that Matt Murray is his number one guy. Sullivan doesn't talk like that a lot. I mean, he didn't want to pin himself down with the Murray versus Flurry stuff, and really hasn't said it this season. I don't think he has had a need to state that Matt Murray is his number one guy, but he said it. I think that was sort of pointed to Matt. Um, and honestly, I wasn't that surprised when he went with the Smith last home game, just because Sullivan's done this a few times where he'll bring in a guy, make him a backup for a game, get him a look at it, and then bring him in the next game. And I think that's what he did with Murray, give him a little bit more time to finish breathing and get his head right. But you're coming back out of the break. It's got to be Matt. Jason, the Penguin Stars are playing that way. Kessel, five goals, 11 assists in January. That's 16 points in 11 games. Malkin, nine and seven, 16 in 11 games. And then Crosby, three goals, 17 assists. (laughs) 20 points in 11 games. So while everything else seems to be coming into play, uh, into place, pardon me, is that the most important thing that those guys are all now having elevated their game? Not that they weren't playing well before, especially Kessel, but, I mean, they're on fire at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely in the top three, that's for sure. Um, I still look at this team and I think about depth in the bottom six. Uh, maybe that's because I, you know, we're just used to having the stars produce like that. But I guess if you look at the other side of that coin, Adam, I mean, if, if they're not producing, this team isn't going to go anywhere. So I guess with that line of thinking, you could say, yeah, that's the most important thing that these guys produce. Um, but as long as these guys are going, I look at this, you know, sort of take a 30,000-foot view of this team, and you have the goaltending to win it. The stars are playing like the stars. I think they're very good on the back end, even, you know, as Latang's game is kind of rounding into form. The only thing that I still need to see from this team, I feel like, is the depth. And they're getting some of it now, but I still feel like they need to and will try to get more the rest of the way here. Are you hearing anything about that picking up now with the trade deadline about a month away? Um, No, (laughs) to be quite honest with you. um, I I think we're still in the same spot as we have been um, seven to ten days ago. you know, we're kind of in a, in a staring contest right now. I do think something will happen here to break it open, and it very well could be in Cole. I, I don't think that, um, you know, I don't want to come on here and say that I think it's like imminent that they're going to trade Cole, but I, him playing, him playing well, uh, realizing the totality of the situation, I, I don't think it's hurting the process of an Ian Cole trade. Um, and then, you know, once something happens here, even with the Penguins or otherwise, I, I think you'll see something in short succession. I'll also say this, Adam. It's not in Jim Rutherford's 
trade history or his DNA to wait to do something right up until the deadline. So we're kind of near in the part where he's going to do something. I hope he does something this week so I have something else to talk about. Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette joining me here on the Crowley Show. In an ideal world, Crosby, Malkin, and Kessler are all on three different lines, yes? Yes. And they're going to remain that way? Well, I mean, for the foreseeable future anyway, and I think that's a big consideration with who they bring in uh, to play third-line center for them is they need to have somebody who can produce with Kessel and, and keep him away from Malkin. So, I mean, that's the goal. I can't say that that's for sure what's going to happen because they want to get production there, but uh, and I need production out of Kessel, I should specify. Uh, but that's the goal. The Penguins' power play over the last handful of years, the Crosby-Malkin era, has always kind of seemed to be lacking a little bit. Not that they haven't been successful, but you always kind of thought there might be something else there. Well, now the Penguins' power play is kicking, clicking at 27%. What's made them tap into that potential this year? And the power play, to me, has been the thing that's kept them buoyed all season long. Did I hear you sneak a power play in there? Bro, it's been really bad lately for me. I don't know why, but I, I feel like I'm devolving into my parents. Dude, I, th- I think you just threw out a total Yinzer par in there. I mean, you corrected yourself on the second go-around, but I, I'm pretty sure you did. I'm not but. going full Yinzer. I only throw one power play in there, not two, you know? that That's tremendous. Tremendous. Anyway, so you asked what has been going on with the power play that has enabled them to finally have a breakthrough year with Crosby and Malkin. Um my answer to that would be two things. Um, one is Phil Kessel and how good he's been on the power play. Um, watch that thing function. And it runs through him, and he's only gotten more proficient during his time here. Um, and two, the amount of movement that they have on that thing. I did something uh, talking to EJ a couple weeks ago, and if you've ever not talked to EJ about the power play, you need to. It's just it's great. You know, he's got this like halting Montreal accent and. You know, I'm going to try to do it without swearing, and, and you know, you got to move this guy here and move this guy there, and you know, he'll move it around with like salt shakers and coffee cups. And anyway, so I'm talking to EJ about the power play, and just like talking about their movement and and how the the puck goes around, and there's just nothing static, and they they don't know what they're going to do. It's improvisation, and um, they have so much skill on that unit, and when when they're going like that, you just can't defend them. And so it's been fun to watch and. Honestly, if they continue going like this with no injuries or nobody goes through a slump or whatever, I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't lead the league. There's no reason they shouldn't have the best power play in the history of the franchise, honestly. Yeah, and if it sticks around over 27%, I mean, that hadn't done since the 80s. So we're talking about you go back a ways for the Penguins uh, in terms of the historical success of this power play. I did it again, Jason Mackey. Joining me here on you the Crowley Show. I really didn't. I really didn't. That came out. Really? That, I, I came out, and then afterwards I noticed it. I'm not even kidding. Oh, boy. My wife's a speech therapist. we got to fix this. Uh, again, Jason Mackey here on the Crowley Show. Looks like Yammer Yager's done now. Uh, it, at least that's the way it looks at this moment, and I would surmise that that's going to be the case. So with that the case, let's get that jersey up in the rafters. What do you say? That's it, man. Um, uh, my 20 thoughts come out tomorrow morning, and um, a little teaser for that. I'll address that situation. But, they, you know, it's, I, I don't think it's breaking news either that they're going to put the jersey in the rafters. I think it's just a matter of when. Um, you know, and I know one complication. In the NHL, for whatever reason, it's weird. Like, they don't do those one-day contract things, even though I think a lot of Pittsburgh would like to see Yager do that. Uh, but there is going to be uh, – 
sort of a reckoning or a you know embrace of Yager here publicly some way. And we're getting close to it. It's going to be really cool. And you know, like I said earlier, and like you, like you said, that that jersey has to go out there. And there's no reason not to ce- celebrate the living daylight out of the guy who it. Cliched question forthcoming. So hang in there, Jason. Oh, goody. Best four Penguins of all time in order. What do you got for me? Mario, Yager, Sid, Gino. Oh, you going Yager over Sid? I am. Why? Well, uh, 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 I always went, you know, nobody's asked me that since Crosby's passed him in scoring. Right. And I always really did feel like, you know, scoring for the Penguins, and we're trying to judge based solely on that. <sighs> you know what? I... You're going to make me revisit this, Adam. I guess I would go Mario, Sid, Yager, Malkin. Worst penguin Who's of all your time. Four? <laughs> I think my four is Worst Malkin. penguin of all time? Yeah. Ramsey Abid? Poor guy. I hate doing that. Let's not do that. I don't want to make fun of former penguins. Uh, I think my four, my four is Lemieux, Crosby, Yager, Malkin. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm tempted to like put Ronnie Francis there or something, but Malkin has meant just too much. I, in, in another era where he wasn't side by side with Crosby, he'd be, you know, everybody would be worshiping him. I mean, you know, probably more so. Um, he could be a number one for a lot of franchises. Oh, he and he's be the four. One for almost anybody, absolutely. It just shows yeah. you what the talent level has been here in Pittsburgh and how blessed that these that this franchise has been. Uh, and hell, I mean, the, the MVP trophy. Or pardon me, the the Art Ross Trophy should just reside here in Pittsburgh. And hell, I think they got a pretty good shot of bringing it home this year. They got two contenders. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if either Kessel or Crosby brought it home this year. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either, and, and more so Crosby with the way he's going. Yeah. I mean, he's really not that far off. And he's playing so 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 well. And the more I think about my ranking Crosby over Yager, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I should. Stop day drinking or something, but I don't. Never I don't say like that. that. Never say that. Okay, Jason Mackey. <laughs> no, I haven't even yet. Of the Post Gazette. Thanks for the time, buddy. Looking forward to your twenty thoughts tomorrow. They're great, and we will check them out there on the Twitter All Com. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Jason Mackey, Post Gazette. As we're here at Radio Row, Crowley Radio Row. Did you hear the ambient sounds in the background? We're not immature. No way. Coming up next. If Yager wanted to play here, right now, what do you think about it? I think it's stupid and some breaking Pittsburgh media news that you might not have heard. It's a Crowley show. Crowley Radio Row here. 412-922-2874. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. There will be no piercing today, my friend. I will have my belly button pierced on Wednesday, though, at 6 p.m. Brian's not here. He's at the neurologist. Hopefully his brain's okay, but he didn't get this chick to come pierce me today. He said she was being uncooperative, so we'll see if she cooperates on Wednesday. If it doesn't happen Wednesday, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm backing out. All right, that's not fair. I have to do it. I have to pay off on the tease. It's been a two-month-long tease. Got to pay off on it. The thing that sucks is that 
Although I've been working out a bleep ton over the last two months, my body looks exactly the same as it did whenever I started. Why? Because I've been eating like crap and I've been drinking a lot on the weekends. So my wife and I have buoyed or have... Why do I keep wanting to use that word buoyed? I hate Monday shows. Monday shows, my mind always tries to insert things that don't need to be inserted. Like that word just popped out. I don't know. Whatever. My wife and I figured that in February, no alcohol, no sugar, going to do the Whole30 diet, which means that the only stuff that you can eat is all natural, baby. The most natural stuff you can find, that's what you eat. So we're talking veggies. We're talking nuts. No legumes. Not a lot of any legumes. I know, Joe. Don't, don't look at me like I'm insane. I, it's just part of it. Did it last year. And it worked. 30 days, my stomach was as flat as it's ever been. You still wind up eating as much as you normally do, but the food's healthy for you. And you cut out sugar, which I suppose is the biggest thing, and the booze. I mean, imagine if I drink 10 beers on a Saturday at, I don't know what, 120 calories per pop. That's 1,200 calories. That's an extra day of eating almost in just beer. So that's gone. Plus the nighttime beers. I'm going to look damn good in a month. And I'm going to have to because I'll be sporting a sexy belly button ring. I still don't know if we're doing a stud or the dangly kind, but hey, whatever. We're doing it nonetheless. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Here's my breaking media news. Matt Gatchka from DKPittsburghSports.com is no longer Matt Gatchka of DKPittsburghSports.com. He is now independent. Here's what he posted on his Twitter account. Quote, I have decided to resign my position at DK Pittsburgh Sports effective immediately. Due to recent events, I feel I can no longer affiliate myself with Dan Kovacevic or the company he's founded the past three years. Whatever. First couple of lines, most important part there. Geica's out. And DK is bleeding. And as I've said before, I don't have any sympathy for Dan Kovacevic because of everything that I've heard. I now believe he's a pretty bad guy. But I do think there are a lot of good people who do work at the website. Matt was one of them. Dale Lolly, he'll be joining us coming up in 35 minutes on the show. He's a really good friend of mine. He doesn't have anything to do with any of that crap that's going on there. So even though Matt's leaving, support the people there who are actually good folks. But good for Matt to distance himself. And I wonder if Dale, if given the opportunity, would do the same thing. But here's the thing. you got to provide for your family, right? And I know Dale's got a couple of kids, and I know Geica just had a baby not too, too long ago. It's tough. That's a really interesting moral dilemma, is it not? Do I give up this job, which is paying for my family, or do I stay with the guy who's accused of these heinous things? It's tough. 412 Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I saw some people post today that they'd like to see Yammer Yager come back, finish his career as a Pittsburgh Penguin, and here's the deal, folks. Yager's going back to the Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia. What is it now, Joe? What's that country now referred to as? He don't know. He's Googling it. Doesn't matter. He's going to Europe. 
And he's not playing in the biggest league in that country. He's playing in the second-tier league. It's almost as if he's playing in the AHL in the Czech Republic. The reason he's playing there, he owns the damn team. So if Yaramir Yager can only find work for a team that he owns, why would you want him here? He obviously doesn't have it anymore. But I'll entertain it for a second. Nostalgia is a powerful thing. It can make you think past experiences and relationships were better than they were. I love the feeling of nostalgia. There's nothing like thinking about all the great times in college while you omit all the classes and other stressors that you had to deal with. The problem isn't nostalgia. It's trying to relive that nostalgia. You see, I went to a West Virginia football game in 2016 whenever they got slaughtered by Oklahoma. I got so drunk that I left at halftime, took an Uber to my buddy's place where I was staying. He was at the game. I couldn't get into his place, so I had to sleep in my car. That's me, an old man, not being able to handle my alcohol. That's me trying to relive the college days, but it not working out so well. There's nothing wrong with remembering the great times the Penguins had with Yager, but there's no need to relive them again by bringing him in. Yager can't skate the way he would need to in order to fit in with the Penguins. Now, he'd be a valuable power play asset probably to any team in the National Hockey League, save for Pittsburgh. And that's because the Penguins are clicking at 27.1% this year. That's the best mark of any team in the National Hockey League. With Yager... He plays the half wall and does it very well. But Kessel's been the man on the power play, and it's run through him all season long. No need for Yager. But if Yager is done, then he's one of the best players the game's ever seen. 766 goals, which is third all-time. He got 1,115 assists, which is fifth all-time. He's got 1,921 points, which is second all-time. He's played the third most games in league history. Unfortunately, he's only 36 games from playing the most of all time. He's won two cups. He's won five scoring titles, one heart, one Masterton trophy. That dude is a surefire Hall of Famer. That dude's one of the best players of all time. And that dude is eventually going to have his jersey retired here in Pittsburgh. 68 hanging from the rafters. And if he is going to have his jersey retired, this is the place to do it. This is where he had the longest in of his career. It's where he won those championships. Give that man what he deserves. I don't think a lot of people are going to argue against that at this time. It's not the kind of conversation I like to have on sports radio anyhow. Should Rogers' jersey be retired? I don't care what you think about that. And you don't care about I think about that. The Penguins will get it done. That's the reality. Why should we spend time talking about that utter nonsense? I'm also not all that interested in having the conversation... How do you rank these four Penguins, Crosby, Malkin, Lemieux, and Yager? I asked it of Mackie because Mackie knows what he's talking about, but I don't really feel like having that debate with all of you because why tear anyone down? Why have to rank them? The Penguins got to experience each of them and each of them in their prime. Yager's one of the best players of all time, and the Penguins had him when he was at his absolute best. That's not to say he didn't have success in Washington. He didn't have success in New York. He did. He was at his best when he was here in Pittsburgh. Lemieux only played in Pittsburgh, so he was at his best here in Pittsburgh, and the same goes for Crosby and Malkin. Penguins fans have been so 
utterly spoiled since Lemieux was drafted. And this is why I will continue to say that despite pushback from people within the Steelers organization and Steelers fanboy media, the Penguins have started to close the gap on the Steelers here in town, particularly among young people. The numbers don't lie when it comes to young people. Now, overall, yeah, Steelers far more popular. And yes, their games get consumed at a much higher rate than Penguin games. But with the youth, the gap's closing a little bit. With the youth, the Penguins are the number one team for a lot of people. And it's because the Penguins fans have been so spoiled since Mario Lemieux came into the league. Consider everything that those guys have done. They won two championships with Lemieux and Yager. And they've won more with Crosby and Malkin. And the teams are always at the top of the National Hockey League in scoring. Penguins fans are spoiled. And to me, that means you don't have to determine who's one, who's two, who's three, who's four. You had them all. You got to experience all of it. And spoiler alert, you're getting to see these guys play pretty damn good right now. The Penguin stars have turned it on. And it seems like Penguins fans are kind of searching for the reason why the Penguins have turned things around 8-3 and three now in January, having win, won seven of their last nine. Is it because there's more depth? Yeah, I think so. Is it because the goaltending play has been great? Yeah. Is it because the defense pairs have all settled in and Latang's playing better? Sure. But we don't need to look that hard. As I was just saying, we've been spoiled as Penguins fans since the late 80s with the talent that we've seen come through here. Well, of late, we've been spoiled because the Penguins have three of the premier players in the National Hockey League all clicking on all cylinders. Kessel, five goals, 11 assists in January. That's 16 points in 11 games. Malkin, nine goals, seven assists in January. That's 16 points in 11 games. Crosby, three goals and 17 assists in January. That's 20 points in 11 games. You don't need to say any more than that. Oh, goaltending's great. Oh, the depth's better. The defense core's playing better. Latang's playing better. All that very well might be true, but when you've got those three clicking the way that those three are clicking right now, everything else easily falls back into place. I can't do fast math. I'm mature. It does not mean I'm brilliant. But if Crosby's got 20 and the other two got 32, then that means the Penguins have scored 52 points. That line in 11 games. They've accounted for 52 points in the last 11 games. The power play's been on fire. The Stars have been putting the puck in the back of the net. That's why the Penguins are playing better. That's the reason. You don't need to search. You don't need to grasp for straws. No. Those three are playing their asses off, and those three are putting the puck in the net. End of story. That's where it begins and ends for me. When they don't play well, when they're not carrying the team every single night, this team does not have the depth to compete for a championship. That's why they need to go out and get a third-line center. Because there will be nights in the playoffs when these guys don't produce. But right now, they are. And the Penguins, down the stretch, play seven of their final 12 games against losing teams. They're playing more than half of their remaining games at home. These guys are going to continue to eat. And as they go, the Penguins go too. 412 
tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. That's 412-922-2874. And again, at underscore Adam Crowley on the Twitter.com. Coming up next, Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette wrote a piece where he talked to a few people about the Steelers' secondary, and they did not have kind things to say. I think the Steelers' secondary is better than a lot of people give it credit for. I'll tell you why. And the Pro Bowl is kind of like looking at the future of the National Football League, is it not? You're listening to The Crowley Show, live from Radio Row, baby!